Yay, Friday afternoon and 5 o'clock, time to celebrate. And also your chance to have your Bible questions answered because it's time for Ask the Preacher. Brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church, located in North Lakeland. Warmed up and ready to go. We've got George and John in the studio today. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Friday, July the 8th, right? Isn't today July 8th? It is. It, it is. is. It's it my is. son's birthday. It's a great day. Are you serious? Yeah. You didn't invite me to the party. Uh, it's not a party. We're camping in the backyard. It's uh, My back is already regretting it. <laughs> it's a good thing you don't live in Lakeland. Uh, it's illegal to camp in your backyard in Lakeland. Don't tell people where I live. I'm very private. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Good point. We live in Missouri. That's fine. It is, it is uh, actually, in fact, illegal to camp in your backyard in Lakeland. Uh, they, they, they never enforce it. But uh, anyway, that 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 but that was something that happened about uh, six plus years ago. So we'll, we'll, I don't know why that came up. I do because you said you're camping this. It's too hot, George, to camp. But but happy birthday to your to your son. Hey, good Thank deal. You. Good deal. Hey, folks, uh, you can uh, call in today. We don't have such a um, – there's plenty of things to talk about, but uh, we want to make sure that we give opportunity for you to call and ask some questions uh, or make some statements, whatever the case might be. I see the phone ringing now, but the uh, the phone number in the studio is area code 863-682-1430. Now, we do have a, a question or two that we will address that uh, came in last week during the program. We were not able to get to it uh, last week, but uh, I think we can today. Um, some questions come in uh, require maybe – Maybe uh, several programs to to really dig in and and talk about. So we may just barely skim the top of the issue, but nonetheless, we'll we'll work to address it. A lot happening in today's world. I, George, before we get too deep, well, you know what? Let me mention one more time, George, and then I'll come back to this. How how somebody can contact us uh, today to be on the uh, yeah, you, uh, program today? You can call in eight six three six eight two fourteen thirty. You can go to ask thepreacher.com. You can find the phone number there in case you missed it. You can also submit a question uh, and we'll do our best to answer it either uh, this show or in future episodes. I, I want to um, just start out something today from Scripture, from, from the Bible. This is in the book of Acts chapter 2. Uh, the book of Acts chapter 2 and it's verse 40. Now verse 40 itself is not very significant. It's the verses prior to verse 40 that really hold significance as far as clear instruction is concerned. But in Acts chapter 2, verse 40, there's a particular phrase that is used that's like, whoa, that's today. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 40, and it says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted. Now this is Peter. He's speaking of Peter. With many other words, Peter testified and exhorted, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Um, Save yourselves from this evil generation generation is basically what's being said there. And I and I, I think of that and I think of today's world um, and so many people who would naturally, uh, instinctively be thinking of that. How do I save myself from this crazy evil world? What's going on in culture and what's going on in society? Um, you know, run to the hills, save yourself, you know, all this kind of stuff. Well, there's there's only really one way to do so. And Peter talked about it. He finished up, notice verse 40, it says, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. Well, what was he saying before? Well, Peter was saying, repent. 
be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness and removal of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is to you and to your children and to all that are to come, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He's still speaking towards, to, to us, as many as the Lord our God shall call, but it's to your children and to your children's children and to them that are afar off, is how the King James says it, in the years to come. Um, repent and be baptized. This is the simple instruction. Repent, be baptized, all of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is um, common for us to talk about world issues, American issues, United States of America, uh, family issues, uh, life issues. But when you boil it all down, there's no issue more important than an individual's relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's right. Um, the whole world is eventually going to burn. Um, there are moments where things get better. There are moments where things get worse. There are There's ups and downs in life, um, no matter who you are, no matter what, what color of your skin, no matter what language you speak, no matter what uh, country on the, on the planet that, that uh, you live. There's good moments and there's bad moments, but, but in the end, it is a relationship with God, our Creator, through His Son, Jesus Christ, that makes all the difference in the world. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but don't have any fear because I've overcome the world. Now, if you're going to not have any fear, you have to trust Jesus in His overcoming. Otherwise, right. yep. if you doubt Jesus and you doubt His overcoming, there's great fear. There's great te- uh, trepidation. There's there's all sorts of questions and concern. Oh, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? What about my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren? Um, but the reality is when you put your faith in God through Jesus Christ, his son, there is an inner peace that comes into a person's life where you can actually deal with these issues, having a confidence in knowing that in the end your soul is saved and, and you, and as, as the desire of the Lord, you and your whole house being saved and spending eternity uh, in, in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what the outcomes on the earth are. That, my friends, I, I wanted to start out with that because we're going to talk about issues, current events and, and issues. But even on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit just opened up himself into the, into the earth, um, Peter is preaching, and he and he is exhorting people, saying, "Save yourself from the generations of evil." How do you do that? By a relationship with God, by repenting of your sin, being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's new life coming into you, my friend. My friend, give your life to Jesus. That's the the number one most important issue of all. So I want to start out with that. We're going to take a break. We'll be back, and we'll pick up on uh, some questions that have come in. George, I didn't give you any opportunity to talk. Maybe you uh, have some response to some of that. Yeah, that was awesome, man. You were good. <laughs> ten out of ten people die, so yeah, you know, you're going to stand before Jesus one day, either based on your own good works or based on his. We'll be back in a couple minutes. And now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher. Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. All right, here's George and John. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad you're uh, listening today. Um, I want to invite you to uh, Sunday morning services at Believer's Fellowship Church. Uh, The easy way to find us is to go to believersfellowship.com. You can find out service time Sunday morning at 10 a.m. 
Um, but uh, we're going to get to this question that, that came in. It's a long question, a little too long to actually have it voiced on the air, but, uh, but we, will, we will read it and, uh, and respond to it. But before we do that, I want to let you know of a couple events that are coming up, a little bit of time until they, until they do come. But in August, uh, August the 5th, we will have a, a candidates forum between uh, Jennifer Kennedy and um, Philip Walker, who are both running for a representative seat. Um, it is a possibility that we'll have two other representatives running for another district um, join us, but that's uh, not settled. Anyway, we'll see what happens there. But um, August the 5th, a candidates forum between uh, uh, Philip Walker and Jennifer Kennedy. And so that'll be a good good time. Um, you know, all of these elections, uh, they, they, they matter. Uh, as, been, as has been said many times over, elections have consequences. Yes, yes. they do and um, and so I believe that uh, we are we are coming into a time. Oh, I've just been sent a message. August the fourth. Maybe I said it said it wrong. I I, I will look it up. It is August the fourth. August the fourth. Thursday. August the fourth. Um, I believe that we are coming into a time period that good, wholesome, moral. Biblically moral, uh, good people are getting fed up, and they're getting pinched enough. You pinch somebody hard enough, and they'll squeal. And so we have sat back and been quiet, and people who just tend to themselves, just mind their own business, are are finally uh, getting frustrated enough to show up. Um, yep. If you watch the news today, lots of, of big stuff happened all over the world in the last yeah. couple of days. An assassination uh, against a world leader. Um, uh, Boris Johnson giving up his spe- uh, seat and, and uh, uh, resigning. Res- resigning. That's, party. Yep. That's, that's, the, that's the word. Um, foe Biden, I mean Joe Biden, uh, signing an executive order today just – totally uh, obliterating the integrity of the Supreme Court of the United States of America. All sorts of things are, are happening. And so with those things going on, you could look and become frustrated and, and say, uh, oh, man, everything's falling apart. You want to know? You sent me a message today, George. I loved what you said. Um, the, the socialist um, – you, you tell me what you said in your, in your message, how it's all falling apart. Oh, well – First, let me just say why all this is important. You know, you're listening to Ask the Preacher and you think, wow, what what does the Bible and preachers have to do with politics? Well, every single law ever comes from somebody's worldview. It comes Mm -hmm. from somebody's morality. Even a speeding law comes from somebody's uh, decision on how fast is too fast kind of a thing and what the the fine should be for that. So uh, you will be governed by laws one way or the other. And if you're a Christian... Wouldn't you rather be governed by laws that are biblical and based off of God's morality instead of somebody else's? So that's why it's important. But uh, one of Joe Biden's handlers called the Western way of government the liberal, liberal world, world order. order. Yeah. And uh, that's that's their phrase uh, that was spoken this last week. And yeah, it, it, it seems like this liberal world order is falling apart to some degree, because all of these players, whether it's uh, Macron in France, whether it's Boris Johnson in the UK, whether it's Trudeau wrapped up in scandals, all of these Western players 
um, seem to be going through strife. And I don't think that's coincidental. No, I, I, I think, think it's so uh, God ordaining things to allow his plans to be fulfilled and his timing. But um, So when I see things falling apart, so to speak, right now, what, what we see happening, and we'll use that term, the liberal world order falling apart, you, you see the plans of the enemy falling apart. Um, you, you see it, it, it just crumbling. Why? Because darkness does not overcome light. Light always overcomes darkness. Um, light, good, wholesome, moral, biblically ethical people have, have decided to be quiet for a long time, and now they're no longer quiet. They're coming out of the woodwork all over the world. Look what's going on in the Netherlands right now. Uh, farmers are, are out in, <laughs> in, in just mass droves all over the country because of the overreach of government. Uh, you know, cut your, cut your emissions from your cows by 50%, you know, and your tractors and all that other kind of stuff. Absolutely ridiculous. They're... They're the the evil agenda of the world, the the leftist, socialist, Marxist, godless agenda, um, is in their efforts to destroy mankind. Why? Because mankind is the image of God. Uh, they they have always those agendas have always been enemies of what is right, of what is good, of what is righteous, what is wholesome. Right. They're the enemies of people. They're the enemies of God. And I I'm so thrilled to see righteous people beginning to stand up against it and not just lay down and get mowed over uh, and, and, until they win. Um, I've said this a few times in, in uh, the last few weeks. It seems to me that the greatest fuel for, for light, I know this is not true scientifically, but it, seems, in, in the, but it is uh, in my social construct view here of what's going on, the greatest fuel for light is darkness. Uh, you get tired of darkness, and so good people are saying, no, let the light break through. Um, you get tired of the evil. You get tired of, of the push uh, of destruction, and so people are fighting. It's, it's wonderful. I'm thrilled. The evil agenda is falling apart. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that Casting Crowns song that there's a lyric in one of their songs where uh, it says, things aren't falling apart, they're falling into, into place. place. It's all... It's all preordained. You know, Jesus still sits on the throne. He's still in control, and, and we can take comfort that uh, no matter what happens, whether it appears to be bad or whether it appears to be evil, things are not falling apart. They're falling into place. He is in control, and uh, he's already won the victory. So we can take hope and, and joy in that and uh, continue to do our part to be good stewards. Now, I often challenge that statement that he is in control um, in this sense, that that God gave man dominion of the earth, yeah, and so uh, we're in control of this domain. Um, but his in the in the long the grand scheme of in things, the grand scheme control, of yeah. things, he's in control. In the grand scheme of things, he gets what he wants. <laughs> he's God, but he's got a lot of time on his hands. Matter of fact, he's got so much time; it's not even called time because there's it, there's no end to it. it. So he'll hang around and wait until mankind obeys him and does the job properly here on the earth. And, uh, and, and so I, I just, I just love, love it. Uh, you, you see Turning Point USA, um, you, you see uh, all, all, of, all of the, a bunch of young people that are, that are fighting for, for good stuff, for righteous cause. It's amazing what's going on. I, I'm thrilled. I think we're a part of it. I think we're part of the resurgence of righteousness in the United States of America, and uh, maybe in the in the rest of the world as well. Um, I don't know. You know, we may be the the uh, the leftover toenail on the left foot, 
of the little toe. Gross. But uh, but it's still we're still part of the body. We're still part of it. Um, well, my goodness, we've got four minutes. It'll take me almost this long to read this question. So here's the things that we'll talk about when it. we come back after the uh, bottom of the hour break. Um, so three three minutes here. Here we go. Here's the question that was uh, sent in by a regular listener. You remember how preachers, evangelists, politicians, even news reporters are highly regarded or at least highly paid as in hated politicians. Uh, I don't know about the highly paid part for some of the other things listed there. Anyway, but if I am really required to obey, okay, here we go. If I'm really required to obey God's biblical stewardship, would this not include me using my talents to compel evil lawmakers to do things like protect our fragile economy economy from dangerously excessive spending? Okay, so that's kind of like one. Shouldn't I protect our fragile economy from dangerously excessive spending? Here's kind of question part number two. Protect our fragile power and telecommunications grid, you know, like 911 GPS, power, internet, satellites. Uh, and then three, shouldn't we protect our constitutional rights like bankruptcy uniformity, uh, protection from illegal price gouging in necessities like college, healthcare, basic staples? Okay, so a lot of this is based around uh, the protection, uh, and a lot of this is based around economics. And so uh, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll just, we'll just start. George, Big questions. Yeah. Well, I actually like the way that uh, it's phrased because it kind of breaks it down into a personal level, a national level, and then all, more of a Socratic philosophical level. And, and here's how I'll explain that. The, the first and obvious is, yes, we should always be good stewards of everything that God's given us. Whether you're alone on an island or you're in a constitutional republic like Such the United the States— or you're under a communist dictatorship like California, you should... That was a half joke. That was a half joke. You should always be a steward of what God has given you, whether yeah. it's a dollar or a stick or a hundred billion dollars. Be a good steward on a personal level. Now, we'll address when we come back from the break, how does this pertain to us as individuals living in a constitutional republic? And we'll do a quick 90-second civics lesson on what it really means to be in a constitutional republic, because most people don't really understand that yeah, and how yeah. it works. And so we'll break it down when we come back from the break. Just a reminder, you can call and have your questions answered. The phone number is 863-682-1430. We'll see you in just a few minutes. Now let's get back to the second half of Ask the Preacher. It's weekly, every Friday from 5 until 6, where you can have your Bible questions answered, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's John and George. Well, some breaking local news that just came out, and I don't have enough information to really talk about it, but I will say this. It makes, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it anyway. It, it, uh, it makes the school board race all the more important. Mm, is our existing school board complicit in some major, major uh, wrong activity? I'll just leave it at that. Okay, back to this question, uh, George, that we started to uh, talk about before we went on the, on the break. Um, it's it's a, a kind of a long question, but breaking things up into three categories, if you will. And, um, and, and so what we really have, if we looked at it biblically, we could go to the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. We could, we could talk about Matthew 22, where Jesus says, render unto Caesars what Caesar. So you have 
Um, you have what God has entrusted us with, and then you have this relationship with government as well, even fiscally or financially speaking. So you have government fisc- uh, government finances and the responsibilities that are that fall on government financially. But then you have myself and my own uh, financial fiduciary and my own personal responsibilities for governing my own finances. And how do these things blend? Um, and so. You made the mention that it is always expected of us, such as in the parable of the talents, when uh, the kingdom of heaven is as a man who leaves you know, these goods with people and he comes back. So it's a picture of, of Jesus saying, uh, here, this is in your care, I'm coming back. And they uh, bring back to him uh, with increase, two of them bring back with increase, this is what you gave me, I increased it, here it is, Master, and he rewards them for their good stewardship. Right. Uh, and then you have the one who was given one talent, who hid it in the sand, and he uncovers it, brings it back to the Master, and says, here's what was yours, and this is what you gave me, this is it, I didn't increase it, but I also didn't decrease it. Well, the man was not applauded. The man was cursed, if you will. There was great judgment came upon the man. That The master saying, um, you have done this wrong, and he takes it away from him, and he banishes him, and he gives what, uh, what, what, what the one talent to the man who now has ten, or to the person who now has ten. Um, so it is expected of God towards us to do right with what he has given us and to cause it to increase in some fashion or another, to to do good with it. Every good tree brings forth good fruit. It right. produces more. Um, and so how do we marry that, our own personal responsibilities of finances, how do we marry that with a government that is doing wrong? And you were talking about a 90-second civics lesson in the uh, Constitutional Republic as to as to what the United States of America is. Sure. And, and to start the conversation, we'll, we'll start with this idea of the Declaration of Independence, where our founders in the Declaration of Independence, uh, you know, they prayed for, for years and petitioned, and uh, for two weeks straight before they even signed anything at the... Um, uh, the first uh, convention of the, the Congressional Convention of States there, when they signed the Declaration, they prayed for two weeks straight. So I believe they were um, divinely guided. But they wrote something in, in our Declaration that uh, all men are created equal and endowed by their Creator with inalienable rights. rights. Now, what that means is a weird word we don't use nowadays, but it means if you were alone on an island, you have these rights by the mere virtue of your existence, you have the right to life. You are allowed to live until God takes that right from you. You are allowed liberty, which is freedom with personal responsibility. Responsible to who? Well, if you're alone on a deserted island, yourself. you're responsible to yourself and to God. Which would mean you're responsible to all the living. If you're alone on an island by yourself... You are alive and God is alive. If it was you and one other person, you're responsible with, for to, to each other. Correct. And uh, so life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You are not uh, a slave to, to somebody else. You are allowed to pursue what makes you happy as long as you are preserving life and liberty, right? As long as you're not violating the first two. Right, right. That's why they're in order that way. So we have these inalienable rights. You're allowed to do that. Well, 
I'm allowed to do certain things like pick up a stick if I'm alone on a on an island and defend myself from wild animals or or forge whatever weapon my imagination can come up with on a on an island or you, build whatever kind of protection build, from the elements correct. that you need to you, do. You're allowed to do these things. Now, we'll take that basic premise and we'll say, well, what happens when there's say 10 people living on the island? Well, you can choose to uh, excommunicate or ostracize yourself from the other 10 people, or you can choose to all come together and live live in harmony. And if you come together and live in harmony, you still have those inalienable rights, but you may make compromises to live in peace and harmony with each other. Uh, those types of things are our civic laws, things like speeding tickets. We all agree to not drive 9,000 miles per hour in a neighborhood that has kids <laughs> or right? go back to 10 people stranded on on an island um you know i it, it would not be uh proper for me to go take the wood that you've built your home of in order to protect yourself to protect your life from the elements and then correct. i'm going to use your wood for your home to burn my fire so i can cook my food correct correct so we we make these kinds of uh civic compromises now let's upscale the population of it you have 100 people on the island well you decide to go with this type of government called the democracy where everybody has a vote and it's not, you know, the strongest dictates to everybody else. You decide that's how you want to run things. Mutual well, agreement. Well, with 100 people, it's a little difficult to count 100 votes at times. So you take this group of 100 and you divide it into five groups. Each group is 20 people. Those 20 people will vote who will represent them. Okay, so out of our group of 20, one will represent the other 19 Mm -hmm. Okay, that is a constitutional republic. Effectively, you have five votes as opposed to 100. 100. Correct. And what you're doing as part of your group of 20 people, you're giving your power of attorney for voting to this representative. There are 18 other people involved in this group besides yourself and the representative. The representative may vote in favor of your preference. He might, he might vote against your preference. What's unique about the United States is we have this idea that the power of our government comes from the consent of the governed, meaning uh, the government cannot have power unless we give them that authority. Now, let me ask you to clarify something. You said sure. we have this idea that uh, mm -hmm. this is not just an this is not a fictitious idea. This is the reality. This is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this way, but I say it's an idea because, uh, you know, without going into six hours of, of debate, it's been stolen from yeah. our heritage, um, even all the way down to the Department of Education, dismissing people in schools with bells. Uh, that was started by people like uh, Carnegie to help train children to be good factory workers. So this idea of being submissive has been essentially bred out of our heritage. But anyway, uh, this idea of a constitutional republic, we give power of attorney to vote on our behalf to this representative. They can either vote in your preference or against it. You can then consent. I want to be part of the group still, and maybe I'll get them next time. Maybe they'll vote my my preference next time, or I don't want to be part of the group anymore. Well, in our nation as a constitutional republic for 240 plus years, we have continued the consent of, you know what, things aren't going my way this time, but I'm, I'm going to stick with it. And maybe next election cycle, we'll get somebody in who will vote in my preference. We're coming to a point in our nation where uh, this is becoming more difficult because of how bifurcated and diametrically opposed the mm -hmm. points of view are on civic issues and really on moral issues, killing a baby. Yeah. You have places like California that say they're now introducing bills that say a child that's two months old, we can still kill. 
Yeah. New you York, have, after birth abortion. Yeah. You have other places who are saying, no, it doesn't matter what the reasoning is. You don't kill a child. It's just wrong to kill an innocent life. And so these diametrically opposed points of view are making it more likely that at some point in the future, God forbid, but it's, it's more likely that at some point a group will no longer consent to be governed by the representatives. Uh, that happened in 1863, and God forbid it might happen again. Well, it happened in 1776. Correct. It happened in 1776, but it happened After in, the, that, United in States, the United States in 1863. Yeah. So back to 1770, 1776 and the founders, they also wrote in our Declaration of Independence that um, it is necessary when a government becomes tyrannical. Underline necessary. Correct. And uh, this is... Read the Declaration of Independence if you've never read it. It's if you've never read it, it's an amazing document. But they they state how they constantly went back, and it was for thirty years they tried to address their grievances with the king, and after thirty years he just wouldn't do it. Well, we haven't been petitioning a lot of these things in the the question for thirty years, but after thirty years he continued to be a, a tyrannical government. He said it's necessary in the course of human history when a government becomes tyrannical for the people, it is their duty to shake off those bands of tyranny. Necessary duty. Mm -hmm. Necessary duty. So with all that being said, getting back to the question, what do I do? Is it my stewardship to protect things like the electric grid, to protect things like uh, our financial institutions? Yes, it is your duty. And the best way you can do that is as the questioner asked, use your talents. If you have a talent for marketing, get involved with candidates who will vote the way you want to vote. Use your marketing skills to help get them elected. If you're great at organizing, organize for your community to bring your community together to uh, pass laws and to live under laws that are preferential to you. Use your talents to be a good steward that way. When it comes to some of these other things like College and healthcare. Well, those are not inalienable rights. Mm -hmm. Those are privileges. Those are not guaranteed to you if you're alone on an island. Oh, now you've got offensive, George. I know. I'm very offensive. But we're <laughs> going to talk and be a little bit more offensive after the break. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. You can call in 863-682-1430. Fourth and final segment here of Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Let's get back to John and George. Hey, thank you very much, Eric. Uh, and thank you for pushing those buttons, answering phones, and uh, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, the phone number into the studio, 863-682-1430. Of course, you can send questions online as well. Just visit askthepreacher.com. Uh, that gives you the ability, actually, to send a question 24-7, um, 365 days a year. So you say, uh, well, I don't I don't want to be on air, but you have an important question or something that you'd like to know. You can go to askthepreacher.com and submit your question there. And uh, and sometimes we deal with them and sometimes we don't. But um, anyway, today, uh, talking about uh, much about uh, some questions that were sent in, uh, financial responsibility, personal versus what's going on in the government, um, and, uh, you know, what what do I do, George? I I loved uh, some of the things that that you mentioned concerning the consent of the governed. Uh, that is the 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 option that we have as citizens of this great nation. I can either mm -hmm. consent to allow this stuff to go on, or I can say no. I'm not giving my 
consent. I, I'm, I'm not um, putting up with this. Now, what I do in response um, becomes of, of question. I can't go um, making somebody else's life in danger because they have a God-given right to life. That's right. Uh, I, I can't... Uh, this, this is why it is illegal in most states uh, to block roadways in, in protest because I've, I'm affecting uh, people's, um, potentially, their, their well-being, their ability uh, to get to a hospital, their ability to go uh, rescue their child who is in danger at the moment, and they're on their way there via the roads or whatever the case might be. So there's all sorts of pictures we could paint. But, uh, okay, so George, what do I do, uh, financially speaking, uh, when when a government is spending money on stuff that I don't agree with? Uh, there, uh, You've got... Uh, College was was brought up, um, sure. electricity and all of this other kind of stuff. There's all sorts of things that we have thought was, so to speak, our government's responsibility to do for us. But when it actually, in fact, is simply a, a privilege and it's become an expectation, not a responsibility. And and this is where I'll be pretty blatant in saying this is a thus thinketh George moment as opposed to a thus saith the Lord moment um, because people will debate this and people have debated and they, you know, it, it could go on forever. And that's the great thing about having life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness is yeah. we can debate that. Uh, but Jesus, as you mentioned earlier, does say, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. So when the government is utilizing um, funds or resources um, and they're demanding that of you in our nation specifically, because we are a constitutional republic, and it's probably going to be different if you're under a uh, dictatorship of, of sorts uh, or under a socialist regime uh, you know, or whatever other kinds of form of governments are, are possibly out there. But under a constitutional republic, we do have the ability to address our grievances. And keep in mind, the founders in 1776, they addressed those grievances all the way back 30 years before the French and Indian War, they mm -hmm. were addressing these grievances before the king and yeah. petitioning him and petitioning him. July 4, 1776 was the end of a line, not a beginning. It's was, it was kind of a, in the middle of a transition point, actually, because then yeah. they had to fight to defend what they signed. Correct. And, and keep in mind, they were petitioning. It was peaceful. It wasn't, you know, the, the Boston Tea Party. It wasn't Lexington and Concord. It was peaceful petition. And we still have the ability to get involved in local politics like the upcoming Polk County School Board elections. Yeah, we like have these the representative elections. To use our talents to help people who will represent us, who will have our power of attorney to vote in our state and national governments. We can use our talents to be good stewards. When it comes to the financial aspects of it, if they're spending recklessly, printing trillions of dollars, 41% of any dollar that has ever existed was printed in the last two years yeah. from the M1 money stock. Bad things will happen to the finances. Just that's how it works. So we can vote for people. We can petition. We can uh, address our grievances peacefully. If sometime in the future this God forbid happens, we, um, we, we have to do what the founders did and pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That sacred honor is important. That can only come if there's something sacred without a moral framework to hold the country together. As Washington himself said in his farewell address, you cannot have national morality 
apart from religious principle. And it's true. You can't. We cannot be cohesive as a nation if we abandon Jesus Christ, which our nation was founded on, according to Patrick Henry, who said, give me liberty or give me death. Yeah, well said. Yeah, without without the integrity, without the uh, something sacred, that's a much better way. Without that sacred, there's nothing honorable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I want to bring up uh, Matthew twenty two twenty one. That is the verse where it says, um, "They they say unto him, Caesar's." And the, I'm sorry. Then said he unto them, "Render unto Caesar what is what is Caesar's." So uh, and unto God the things that are God's. So. What we have happening is uh, they're saying, hey, you got to pay a tax. And Jesus says, no, it's not right for me to pay this tax. However, so that we don't offend them, we'll pay the tax. And here's what I want to bring out. Jesus recognized that this was wrong, what's being done. But we're going to go ahead and go along with it anyway. But then I want you to notice what happens. Jesus doesn't dig into his pocket. The Lord provides something from outside. Here's what I want to tell you. No matter how high gas prices get, no matter how bad taxes get, no matter how unjust the government gets, if you are a child of God, you are a king's kid, and the king's kids live a different standard than the rest of the world. The king of kings will take care of you. Put your faith, put your trust in God through Jesus Christ, his son. And do it today. Do it today. Hey, uh, we will be back next Friday, but I do want to invite you to come see us at Believer's Fellowship uh, this Sunday, 10 a.m. George, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend, everybody.